0: Okay, we're not going to take very long tonight because we have a basketball game that's going to take place, and since I have coached basketball here for about nine years, I have a vested interest in that, so I um, might have to suit up and show Caleb Kelly how to play. So. Yeah, he's afraid of me. He knows it. <laughs> yeah. He can jump higher than me, but I can take his legs out from underneath himself. <laughs> I play dirty. What can I say? <laughs> That's the way we Canadians do it. So, okay. Enough of that. Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to just show you a couple of things here from God's Word. And, and uh, just, like I said, a very, really more of a devotional, um, a brief, brief, some brief thoughts that I have um, for you. Jeremiah 1 and verse number 5. So Jeremiah 1, 5, it says this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He was a prophet that was called of God for 40 years to preach a message to a people that weren't going to heed what he had to say. And here is is God giving this confirmation in the life of Jeremiah, this young man, and really what God is saying is, is, listen, Jeremiah, I know you. And really, my thought here tonight for you is for you to recognize more than anything else, that God knows you. He knows the struggles that you have in your life. He knows the things that are holding you back from serving Him. He knows the reservations that you have in, 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 th- in the thoughts of giving your life to Him for service. God knows all of those things. Because Jeremiah said in the next verse, in Jeremiah chapter 1, in verse number 6, he said, Ah, oh, Lord God, I can't speak. Do you not think that God knew that? In fact, God had just said, Jeremiah, there are three things that I want you to know about what I know about you. Number one, He said, I want you to know that I formed you. If, in fact, if you look at Jeremiah 1.5, God begins with that. He said, before I form thee in the belly. You know, in the Hebrew, the word formed refers not only to the initiation or the initiating of life, but here's the thing, it refers also to the structuring of life. God not only initiated the life, because he is the giver of life, he is the provider of life, he is the source of life, but he was the structurer, he structured your life. You know, there's only one Matthew Little in the world. Don't say anything after that, okay? (laughs) Some of you are thinking, thank goodness for that. (laughs) There's only one Matthew Little. Because God initiated my life and God structured who I was going to be. He formed me. And you are a unique person. Endowed with unique attributes. Wired in a way, in a God-given way that's unique to you. And 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 when I when I think look in a room this size with this many people, I think think of all of the gifts and all of the abilities that God has given you. Think of the way that God has formed you as a unique person. He's formed you. And and not simply in your in your life, I hope that's true as well, but it says, even before you came out of your mother's womb, God formed you. What makes you tick? The things that make you tick might be different from somebody else. The things that you think are funny, your interests, the way you work through a problem, the way you view trials, the way you form friendships, the way you solve problems. You're all different. God formed you. And when God formed you, he didn't take the mold and say, well, you know, I I formed this person. I might as well get at least another dozen people out of this one before I shatter this mold. No, no. God formed you, and there's only one of you. And that is, should be, an amazing fact for you and I to think about. That you are who you are. And God knew what you were going to be like. God formed you. But God not only formed you, but notice what else verse 5 says. It says, I formed thee in the belly before I knew thee. You see, God formed you. God knows you. And long before your personality developed, one of the things that is is really great about being a parent, I have three daughters. One of the things that's great one of the things that's great is is when they're children and as they begin to grow, you begin to see the the, the personality traits that they, they begin to develop. All of the good ones for me, all the bad ones for my wife, obviously. But. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mr. McMahon is too much of a bad influence on me. You're starting to rub off on me. <laughs> but God, God not only formed you, but, but he knew you. And, and I like to think that when you were in the womb, God knew what your strengths were going to be. Before you ever came into this world, God knew what your weaknesses would be. God knew what your personality would be like. He, he knew The things that you would struggle with. The things that would hold you back. He knows the things that will help to propel you forward. God is intimately aware of all of the things concerning your life. God knew in the womb. He knew what would bring fear to your life. He knew the limitations that you would feel. There is nobody who knows you better than God. He formed you and He knew you. I want to take you to two verses in regards to that. And then I've just got one more point that I want to share with you. But, but Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, with, with this thought in mind of God forming us and God knowing us, the psalmist says this, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsittings and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compass my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all of my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, you know it. Thou hast beset me behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Now what is the response of every single person when they read Jeremiah 1.5 and Psalm 139? What should be our response? Here's what the psalmist said. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain unto it. To think that God formed you and to think that God knew you and to think that that God had you, uh, this unique person of of the 7 billion people on planet earth, there's only one of you. You're that unique person that God created and was so intimately aware of what he was doing when he did it. And, and the psalmist, when he thought through that, when we really allow that to sink into our into our minds, we say, that's so wonderful. It's so high, it's so amazing that God would do that. I want, want you to, to now look at one more verse. Deuteronomy 34. In Deuteronomy 34, we're going to look at... In, in, Look at a verse concerning Moses. It says in Deuteronomy 34, in verse number 10. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses. But listen to this last part of the verse. Whom the Lord knew. When did God know Moses? After the events of his life? There never arose a prophet like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew. Face to face. God knew everything about Moses' life. And we think of all of the events that transpired in the life of this amazing man of God. And God knew him. Even after you read all of the accounts written in the Bible, you still don't know Moses the way God knew God knew Moses. One one more thought that I want to give you. And this is really the where where it comes all together for you. In Jeremiah 1 5, it says, I formed thee. I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. The word sanctified has the idea of setting apart. And here's the thought. That God is saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, long before you ever came into this world, I had formed you, I had known you, and I had sanctified you. I had set you apart for a specific mission and a task. And that mission and that task that Jeremiah had, he had to f- fulfill it because God had created him with those unique qualities and those abilities and that makeup that was going to be needed for that task that God was going to give to Jeremiah. Did you know that God has sanctified you? And, and I believe firmly that long before you came into this world, God obviously knew the plan that He had for your life. And He knew the specifics of that plan. And when He formed you, and when He knew you, all of that, all of that mixed together, God had sanctified, and He had a, he had a special task And I believe He has a special task that He wants you to fulfill in your life. You might not think it's a great task and and it might not bring you to a place of preeminence or prominence, but God has a special task that He's wired you for. He's got, got a special plan for your life. I think of the people in the Bible that God used. He used Joseph who was a slave in Egypt. He used Gideon, who was a farmer. He used David, who was a simple shepherd. He used Esther, who was in captivity. He used Mary, who was a peasant girl. He used Matthew, who was a tax collector. He used Peter, a common fisherman. And yet he formed all of those people, and he knew them. And he had sanctified them. For the task that he had for them to fulfill. Now you might be saying at this point in your life. I don't don't really know what task God has for me to fulfill. And that's okay. It's okay because God formed you and he knew you. And he knows exactly what he wants you to do. And as long as you remain humble before him. And committed to do his will. God will lead you to that wonderful task that thing that He has in store for you. I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to conclude as, as I look back at Psalm 139. It's a true story. It happened several years ago at the University of Southern California. There's a professor of philosophy in that university deeply committed to atheism. And as the story unfolds, His primary goal for one required class was to spend an entire semester trying to disprove the existence of God. And his students were always afraid to argue with this professor for one reason. Because in their minds, he had impeccable logic. He was a brilliant man. And so year after year, the odd person may put their hand up with a little argument, but no one really had gone against him and his reputation. And at the end of every semester on the last day, he would say to his class of 300 students, he would lay down this challenge and he would say, at the end of that entire semester of trying to disprove the existence of God, he would say, is there anyone here who still believes in Jesus? Stand up. Right? Throw down the gauntlet, just like that. For 20 years, every single time he finished that class, he would say to 300 students, if anybody here still believes in Jesus, stand up. In 20 years, no one had ever stood up. Not one person. Now the question is, did they, was there not people there that believed in Jesus? Yeah, I'm sure there were, but they knew what was going to happen next. Because they knew if somebody stood up, he was going to say this next. Because anyone who believes in God is a fool. And he says, if God exists, then he could stop this piece of chalk from hitting the ground. And every time he finished this class off for 20 years, he would do the same thing. And he had the reputation for doing it. He would say, you're a fool for believing in God. Because if there was a God, he could stop this piece of chalk from hitting the ground. And he would hold it out. And the porcelain floor, he would drop it and it would shatter. And there was a young man that was enrolling in classes. He had to take this class. And so he was there and he was prepared. He knew, he, he knew the reputation of the teacher. He knew what was going to happen. And, and sure enough, at, at, the end of, at the end of that semester, those 300 students were sitting there. And this, this young man had, had simply made this commitment. He had said going into that class, Lord, it, when the time comes, when, when that man gives that question, help me to be able to stand up. So the professor did what he did every year, and he said to the students, is there anybody here after this class that still believes in Jesus? And this solitary of the 300 people, the first time in 20 years, this young guy, stands up, probably 19, 20 years of age, stands up. And he's standing there in front of 300 students. And the professor looked at this student. And as he looked at him, he said, you're a fool. And he did what everybody knew he was going to do. He says, if God existed, then he would keep this piece of chalk from hitting the ground. And as he put the piece of chalk out... It slipped in his hand and it rolled down his sleeve. The front of his jacket, off his pants, hit his foot and rolled off into the ground unbroken. (laughs) And that professor looked up at that student in disbelief. And he walked out of the room. And as the story goes, that young man with 300 students there, proceeded to walk down the aisle and to share his faith with 300 of those students that stood there it, it, themselves in disbelief with the reputation of a man that for 20 years he'd done the same thing but nobody had ever challenged him and the one guy that stood up. What did God do? That's, that's, that's not a miracle in the sense that it's not like he dropped the chalk and it hovered three inches above the floor. You know, that's not what the point is. The point is that if you're simply willing... To follow Jesus. God will see fit. To make you succeed for him. And and what a a great challenge that is for us. Now look at at Psalm 139. And I'm going to close with this thought. As we think of Jeremiah's thoughts. and, And God formed him. And God knew him. And God had sanctified him. We come back to Psalm 139. And here's where it all comes together for us. The psalmist says in response to it all. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy presence? Whither shall I flee from uh, thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Verse 13, for thou hast possessed my reins and has covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalmist responded to the thought of God's knowledge of him and said, what what a wonderful thing that God would know me and form me, and I will praise thee. I will praise thee. And I want to challenge you to think tonight in terms of your life. One life that you have to live. One opportunity. That there's, there's no redos. There's no rewind button to hit. You have one life to live for God. One life. When we think of that young man that stood up in that class with one life to live... With all of those Christian students that had probably gone through before and didn't have the the guts to stand up. They didn't have the fortitude within them and the courage to do what God wanted them to do. But guess what? God's formed you and he knows you and he sanctified you to be a witness for him. Are you ready for that task? That's That's a serious, sobering task. And yet God wants that for you. He wants it for me. And I, I trust more than anything else that you're going to take that that seriously and say, God, if that's the case, which it is, then then you've got my life. Whatever it is that you have created me to fulfill, whatever task, whatever duty you have in mind for me, sign me up. I'm yours. Let's just bow in a word of prayer together. Lord, I want to thank you for these students. And Lord, I thank you for the truth of Jeremiah 1.5. You formed us. You knew us. You sanctified us. In fact, Psalm 139 says that those thoughts are, t- are too wonderful for us. And God, how I pray f- for these students... That you will instill in them an insatious desire to know you, an insatious desire to pursue you, to give their life to you. And Lord, you have a special plan for each of them. And I I pray that that plan will not be neglected. But Lord, I pray that they will lay themselves on the altar of service and say, Lord, I'm here. Do with me as you see fit. And so, Lord, we commit these students to you. We pray for the work of God to continue in their lives, for you to lead them and to guide them, to show them your way, and to make them vessels fit for the master's use. And we're grateful for them, and we thank you for them, in Jesus' name. Amen.